you know, give evolution another million years, and it's going to turn the Eskimos into round balls. And it's going to make Kenyans look like stick insects. Coming up on the Anti-Woke Podcast. So how about Michael Phelps? Um, he's that American swimmer. I think he's won more golds than anyone else. Well, he's got super short legs, a super long torso, and super long arms. So basically, like, I have two out of th- those three things. And maybe my big palms would have come in handy. Uh, I should have been a swimmer. I think they filled in my local pool with gravel about the time I was doing uh, PE. I've seen it saying that if all you know about an athlete is their height and their weight, you know, like for the Olympics, uh, you can probably predict what sport they're in. And same, same thing with NFL football. You can predict their position. They're talking about how running backs have been getting shorter and shorter kind of over the years in the NFL. And what it is is like they have to, you know, they don't have to run fast for 40 yards. They have to run fast just, you know, for a few yards and then switch directions and run fast for a few more yards. And so for that, it's actually good to have smaller legs because you can get your legs moving faster. You can get your legs up to their top speed faster when they're smaller. I mean, that certainly didn't help me with my short legs, but you get the idea. So Epstein's talking about marathon runners. And apparently when you're running long distance, um, your body can get up to 104 degrees. And your body basically said, that's, that's the point where your body says uh, it forces you to slow down. So, you know, like a marathon, you probably get better times from the runners uh, in cold weather than when it's 104 degrees outside and they're already hot. But, you know, one genetic thing that kind of keeps you cooler is it's your surface area to your volume. And I won't go into the physics of how that works exactly or the geometry, but basically as you get bigger and bigger, it gets harder and harder for you to dissipate the heat. So you're not going to see any, you know, six foot eight marathon runners breaking any records. Actually, let's do the geometry real quick. So surface area increases at x squared, you know, like x times x. And volume increases at x cubed, which is x times x times x. So when you so surface area, when you go from something that's 1 to 2, well then you go, you know, 1 times 1 is 1, and then 2 times 2 is 4. So you go from 1 to 4. But now when you do volume, you go from 1 times 1 times 1, which is 1, to 2 times 2 times 2, which is 2, 4, 8. So you can see, basically, as something gets bigger, the volume increases much faster than the surface area. They're talking about some woman named Paula Radcliffe, who was like a world champion marathon runner. But she could only win when it was cold. Like, you know, if the race was done in a cold climate, she was, you know, she was going to beat your ass. But if it was hot, someone else was going to win. Because she was too tall at 5'11", or maybe 5'8", whatever. She was too tall. So that kind of sucks for this Paula Radcliffe lady. In the fall, she'd go 7-0. and But the Summer Olympics are held in, surprise, the summer. So she could never do nothing in the Summer Olympics. Alright, now we're getting to the Kenyans. The long-distance running Kenyans. This part's cool. Like, as Jews are to comedy, Kenyans are to long-distance running. So apparently in the marathon, 
two hours and 10 minutes is like a really, really good uh, time. And in American history, like I say, this, this podcast is eight years old. So anyways, at that point, um, in American history, 17 Americans had run a marathon faster than two hours and 10 minutes. And then in one race in 2011, 32 Kenyans in that one race beat two hours, 10 minutes. And so it's not just Kenya. Basically, there's a tribe. It's called the Kalenjin tribe, which is a tribe of whatever, people in Kenya. And so all 32 of those people came from that same tribe. So, you know, in America, we think Kenyans are good at running. In Kenya, they're like, oh, the Kalenjin are good at running. I forgot to mention at the correct time that Kenya is East Africa. So I I want you to know that it's on the far east side of Africa. All right, so now let's talk about how people can run fast for short distances. Like, I'm sure you heard of Usain Bolt, fastest man alive. Uh, He's from Jamaica. But obviously, Jamaica is not a tribe in Africa. So what's going on? So since the 1980 Olympics, every man who has gotten to the finals in the 100-yard dash, or 100-meter, is it metric? Whatever. Every single man who's like Olympic quality at that uh, can trace his ancestry back to a small section of West Africa. And, you know, I don't think, I'm not sure any of these people actually come from whatever West African countries, you know, produced this kind of genetics. So, you know, like, but, you know, if an American got in there, well, he can trace his ancestry back to that part of West Africa. Canadian, same thing. Portuguese, same thing. Jamaican, same thing. I guess I'll notice here that, um, you know, like African-American slaves, Caribbean slaves, uh, they mostly came from West Africa. All right, so, you know, what is the genetic advantage? Well, those people have a higher percentage of fast twitch muscles. You know, and I don't know exactly what a fast twitch is compared to a slow twitch, but you get the, you get the idea. It's a fast muscle. If you want to get off the line and run real fast, you need some fast muscles. Makes sense to me. And then the other thing, they haven't, whatever, I think all this stuff is coming. Like, I know all this stuff, and I think it's because I listened to this podcast eight years ago, <laughs> and I'm waiting for them to say the stuff that I already know. But anyways, the other thing is, is they have long limbs. And like I was saying, when you got surface area to volume, well, one way to keep yourself cool and have more surface area is to have longer limbs. And like, you know, you don't want to be a spherical human with all your mass in your torso. You want to be uh, like an octopus with lots of long limbs to dissipate the heat. Or daddy long legs? I don't know. But in any case, people who live in hot climates like, you know, on the equator, uh, for instance, Africa has a big chunk of it in, on the equator. Uh, they end up having longer limbs because it's too hot. They need to dissipate the heat. And like, you know, I don't know that, like, you know, compare like, I don't know, China to Vietnam. I'm sure like people left Africa, they went around the world, they headed over uh, to the east to China, and then they headed south, you know, went to Vietnam. China's cold, Vietnam's hot. I don't know. I don't know if the Vietnamese are like longer limbed than the Chinese. But a lot of that stuff is ha- stuff has happened in the last, you know, a few thousand years, 10,000 years or whatever, um 20,000 years. So, I don't know. I don't know if that always applies everywhere. But you know, like Africans have been adapting to their part of Africa for 
I don't know what, 200,000 years. Basically, they're not going to go into it, but I wish I knew if Vietnamese have longer limbs than Chinese. Makes me think of that Robin Williams movie, uh, Good Morning Vietnam, where he's like, it's hot in the jungle, it's hot, which is good when you're with a woman, but it's bad when you're in the jungle. Or something like that. Well, so I don't know if this is exactly steel manning my opponent, but anyways, uh, it's not all genetics because, for example, there's more Jamaican people living in the United States than there are living in Jamaica. And yet, all the best Jamaican runners, or whatever, most of them come from Jamaica, not the U.S. I mean, probably get into this later, but, you know, if you got a, if you got a uh, PlayStation 5, then you're probably not running so much because you're playing your PlayStation 5. And I guess if you live in Jamaica, and I guess running is your video game. So he's talking about how much Jamaicans love running sports like they like to you know they like to watch it they're basically huge crowds will turn out for like five and six year olds doing some sprinting and apparently like in high school like different high schools would be fighting over someone who's really fast and they'd like give the parents of that kid a refrigerator or they passed a rule that's right so they passed a rule okay you can't give some kid's parents a refrigerator just so they'll come to your high school it's like the shady uh, high school and college football stuff back from like the 70s and the 80s. And apparently after, only after Usain Bolt became incredibly famous did they even start caring at all about professional running. Basically, they only like the amateur stuff. So let's go back to this Kenyan Kalenjin tribe and see what's so special about them. So first off, they live on the equator itself where it's hot and dry. And so there's something called Bergman's Law that makes you have a narrow pelvis. And this isn't just human beings, or who knows, it probably applies to animals in general. Like this is the thing that animals have when they're on the equator and it's hot and dry. They get narrow pelvises. And uh, anyways, it applies to humans also. And so the Kalenjin tribe has narrow pelvises. And then the other one is Allen's law, which says the closer you are to the equator, the longer your limbs are. And again, this applies to animals and also applies to people. All right, and they give you an you know, example here of how Allen's Law works with people. <laughs> like, think of Eskimos. People who live in a house built of ice, they tend to be short and stocky. You want to keep that heat in. So basically, these Kalenjin Kenyans, they're the opposite of an es Eskimo. I think they're called Aleuts. Yeah, don't, uh, don't quote me on that. Switch in the word Eskimo for Aleut. Yeah, so kind of to relate the geometry to the... Uh, Eskimo and the Kenyan, it's like when it's cold, you want to be a sphere. You want to be like a round ball. And when it's hot, you want to be like a stick. You want to be a long, skinny stick. Makes sense to me. And so they're going over it some more. Um, like you want long limbs, but you also want a small torso, right? That's, that's the opposite of me. If you, if you go back and listen to my previous episode where I complain a bunch about being bullied in high school because I was such a slow runner because I have short legs, short arms, and a giant torso. Anyways, so what you want is a small torso and long limbs. And the reason why is, like, basically imagine you have an eight-pound weight that's attached to your, whatever, torso, and then you go running. I mean, you know, it's going to be it's gonna be a little more effort to run around with that eight-pound weight. But now imagine you take two four-pound weights and you put them around your ankles. 
I think you can imagine that's going to make running a lot harder. And so the Kenyans, I guess they're considered a Nilotic people. I've talked about the, I think I've talked about the Nilots before. Uh, they're like the tallest people on the planet. I think and also the darkest skin colored people on the planet. But in any case, I guess that's a, that's a trait of Nilotic people to have the, the small torso and the long ass legs. And like the arms, like you can have long arms. You just, uh, whatever, you know, you, you can bring them in closer to your body while you run if you want. You know, arms are not really a problem. If you put weights on your arms, that's not going to stop you like weights on your ankles. Weights on your wrists, I should say. And for some reason, they've done studies on uh, Kenyans versus people from Denmark. I mean, people from Denmark are also tall. But basically, the people in Denmark, they got too big a torsos. And uh, I got, okay, here, here, I guess here's why they compared the two groups. Like, some people are better at process their blood. Their blood is better at processing oxygen and whatnot. And so, they got two tall groups, the Kenyans and the Danish people. And, in fact, Danish people process oxygen in their blood just as good as Kenyans. So, it's not the blood processing oxygen. It's, uh, whatever, the limb-torso proportionality. I guess I'll say this here now in case they don't get to it or I don't finish listening to this. Um... But I think like East Asians, you know, so like China, Chinese, Japanese, they are bad at processing oxygen in their blood. And so they never, ever make good distance runners or whatever. Maybe that's too uh, strict of a rule. But in general, if you got East Asian, East Asia, East Asian genetics, you probably can just give up now on your marathon dreams. You're going to be like me back in high school where you're just gasping for breath, just a tiny bit of running and just cannot get a breath. Man, I used to hate that. This is my podcast. I like talking about me. I did uh, weightlifting, I think in 10th grade. I did uh, whatever. I took a weightlifting class and I went there and I did the weightlifting every day. And what I wanted to do was increase my bench press. And long story short, I never did. I concentrated on that. I did it five times a week. Uh, Absolutely nothing happened with the bench press. But on the other hand, when I would do curls, you know, where you're doing your biceps, that part actually went up pretty quick. I mean, without almost without trying. Frickin' genetics. I mean, I wasn't better at any of it than the other people in the class, but it was just like, I could see my curls double over a period of several months or something. And my bench press, you know, went up... You know, maybe 10 pounds the whole year. And I, I can't remember what it was. I think I was trying to get to 135, and <laughs> I don't think I ever made it. I think 135 is where you have the two, you know, one big weight on each side plus the weight of the uh, bar. And kind of the funny thing about that is that, I mean, boy, was I a late puberty person? Probably was, but um, I think sometime was I, when I was in my 20s, you know, hadn't done any weightlifting at all. I just, for the heck of it, I just got on a, I just did a bench press for the fun of it. And I was just like, oh, 135, bam. And no, it still does not mean that I'm strong. I mean, I'm still, I, even then I was weak as hell compared to everyone else around me. But a little bit of puberty old, goes a long way. A little testosterone. All right, well, I just made it about 10 minutes in, 10 more minutes into this hour-long podcast. And it's made me create a 15-minute long podcast. Uh, I think that's, that's about all I want to do.
mean, whatever. This stuff is, uh, there's a lot of information here, and it's pretty interesting. So, uh, we'll see if I make a third or maybe a fourth episode. I think there's 20 more minutes to go. In any case, my Twitter handle is at Religion of Woke. I think I'm now at like 11 and a half listeners. I used to be at 11 there uh, maybe like 10 days ago. So now I'm up to 11 and a half. So if someone can get me half a listener, that would be sweet. Makes me think of that myth. I don't know if it was like Greek. I think it was a Greek myth. I can't remember the name of the king. But, uh, you know, back in the day, you used to go in front of the king and whatever, the two parties would state their complaints and the king would decide what the result should be. And so so two parties went in there and both of them were claiming that, uh, whatever, they, they owned a baby. And the king was like, whatever, you both got good arguments for why you should uh, get the baby? So he cut the baby in half and gave both of them half a baby. All right, thanks for listening. Okay, it was King Solomon, and it was from the Bible, so you know.